Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to episode 7 of Employees Only, presented by Mulcahy's. Today we had Tom Cataldo, the owner of uh, Dirty Taco in uh, Wanto and Rockville Center, and uh, soon to be in Woodbury. Soon to be in Woodbury. Pretty exciting stuff. Awesome taco place. And uh, we really hope you enjoy the interview. What uh, what do you think, Rue, about the old... Uh, I loved it. Our first in-person First in-person, so if you're watching and it's a little fuzzy or whatever... Don't judge us. We have a very low budget, and it's our first time. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, it's always cool to be able to get the backstory of like a place that you really love. And yeah. it is, if you haven't been yet, it's you know such a cool concept. It's done so well. And I mean, I think Tom's kind of passion for it speaks for itself. And also is just him, Tom Sr., Tom Jr., uh, his wife, you know, their family. You can just... You can see how much they've put into the brand, and it, it really shows, like, in their food, in their service, and everything. So it was it was really cool to get, you know, to get the backstory of one of Long Island's, honestly, I'd say, hottest restaurants oh yeah, of sure. the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you think. Check it out. We're available, obviously, on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify. It's on the Mulcahy's Facebook, the whole nine yards. So if you can't find us, you're doing something wrong. But we hope you enjoy. Thanks. Hey everyone, welcome to Employees Only. What episode are we in? Seven? Um, I'm going to guess six. I think seven. Six <laughs> or seven. <laughs> we're here, we're very lucky today to be with Tom Cataldo from Dirty Taco and Tequila, right here at Awanto. What's up guys, how you doing? And Rockville Center. Um, soon to be Woodbury. Soon to be Woodbury. This is uh, breaking news, everyone, so <laughs> we should get paid for this. Um, well, one thing I want to say... That location, Wanton, never seemed to do anything, really. You know, it was a yeah. couple places, and it was in and out of a couple places, and no one even knew what the hell was going on. And I think you guys, like, lit it on fire. Absolutely. Right Absolutely. from the jump, yeah. I think. From cheeseburgers to barbecue places to Caribbean tacos. Yeah. So right off the bat, what do you think, what do you contribute the huge success of Dirty Taco to? I know you could probably talk for, like, an hour or so about it, but yeah, listen, in a I couple mean, words. Think, you know, Tacos right now, I mean, they're the hot concept. They really are. I mean, tacos are easy. They're affordable. They're fun. Who doesn't love tequila? You know, I think Wontor was lacking kind of a hot spot on that strip over there. I think it was the right time, right place. It just clicked. You know, everything just clicked together pretty much. And um, um, why tacos? Like, did you always want to open a restaurant, or did, did you want to do tacos, and then you found the location? How did yeah, that go? No, no, it's, it's a good question. It's a, it, it, it's a funny story how it all happened. The owner of Dirty Taco is actually my son. So my son owns Dirty Taco, Tom Cataldo Jr. Went to college 13, 14 years ago, Arizona State. And from the moment he arrived at Arizona, he was partying, of course, in California every single weekend. Arizona State, Some I think. Devils, Arizona, right? Arizona yeah. State. Yeah. That's the biggest party school in the nation, right? <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Why he was only there for two semesters. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love but, that, yeah. No, but, you know, he was every weekend partying, of course, in, in, in L.A. And, and it's funny because... I remember the phone call one night that he had the best taco in the world, which was from a taco truck in L.A. Yeah. And I tell you something, this kid stuck with that concept for all these years. Wow. So when I finally got, when he finally decided four years ago to go on his own and actually take this gamble and open up a taco shop, I thought he was out of his mind, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, tacos were on every corner. Mm -hmm. And he kept on saying to me, Dad, you, you don't understand what this is about. He goes, it's not a typical taco. And I'm like, a taco is a taco to me. And he was like, no, it's not. So we went to L.A., 
show me exactly what he was talking about, what trucks he ate at, what restaurants he hung out at, and took us to K-Town, little Korea, mm-hmm. right. which is the ghetto of, of, uh, of LA, and uh, Korean ghetto, and it was absolutely incredible. I love the concept, and it is a true fusion Asian-Mexican taco that we just don't see and have yeah. in Long Island, on Long Island, and that's kind of where it really started. That's, that, that's where the brain, song brainchild came from. That's awesome. And so, Tom, you're a Massapequa native. So can we take it all the way back? Because I know that you've got a background in catering. So was that kind of like, did Tom Jr. kind of always want to head down that road? Or was it kind of a series of events? Yes and no. He, you know, only child, you know, his dad's doing his thing. He wants to make his own mark and do his thing as well, which is very, very cool. (laughs) Totally agree with that. Totally get it. So, um, yeah, no, college was all about finance and business degree at that point. And um, once it came back, I think he did like, you know, a day or two in the finance world and fell right back into the catering world. But he fell back into the areas where more, more back of house, more inventories, more controls, more logistics of the business. And it was more the back end that really triggered him and really kicked him into high gear. It was more that end of it. And, um, you know, yes, of course, over the years has worked with me forever. We're, we're a family that works together, my wife, my son, myself. And uh, that's really where it came from, yeah. So it's, it's in his blood. It's in his blood. The whole family, we're all in the business. That's awesome. And what roles do you all play? Just to clarify, at, at Dirty Taco, what, what roles? Like, does your wife play? All the roles. Um, my wife is the financial end of it. Um, she loves the front of the house end of it. She controls the front end of the house of staff-wise. I basically am the spokesperson for the company. I work with the chefs as far as the new recipes and things of that nature, promotions, things of that. And Tom is absolutely, he is the people person. He's uh-huh. the meter, the greeter. He just creates the atmosphere, the energy level. He's, it just, it's all him at that point. It really is. I feel like that might run in the family yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty good at that too. Look, I mean, we all have our role. We overlap each other all the time. You know, it's crazy. I mean, it's a mom, dad, and son. And yet we work together. Like when we're working, it's just like we're... We're partners, that's yeah. the way it works, but you get home, I still take control of the household. <laughs> there you go, perfect. And just talking to that success, did you anticipate it would be as big as it as it has proved to be? Or was it just kind of like, you know, you thought there might be a niche yeah, and then yeah. Look, it exceeded I mean, that? It was a, I thought his concept was great. Mm-hmm. I really did, I thought he had something with that. I mean, we stayed there in about almost three, four weeks in LA. Wow. And what we really did was we brought one of my chefs down from the catering business. Got yeah. And we basically just kind of said we have three weeks to absorb every bit of knowledge we can on this L.A. taco Korean concept that we're talking about. So, you know, bringing it back, we were pretty pumped. We were pretty hyped up about it. We really thought we had something really, really good working here. Um, you always go into this with a little trepidation, of course. You know, what if it doesn't? Do you think it will? So what we did was we, we started small. I mean, honestly, I mean – Junior was very interested in just doing a taco truck to begin with. Wow. And I said to him, listen, I said, the cost of a taco truck, honestly, uh, we could open up a small brick and mortar for the same cost, if not less, and have a year-round business, no permits, no issues. We're parking this truck and weather issues. Let's just do it in a small brick and mortar. So we took something very small, and and that's where it started. We thought we had something hot. We thought we had something that's going to build and grow up, grow. Uh, But we we went in with, you know, obviously made a breath, kind of watched him a little bit, and it just blew up. So when he was out there in L.A., did um did your son work in any restaurants to learn how to, like, do the tacos and stuff like that? Or is it just kind of like you watch and observe, like, those three weeks you're out Junior there? Junior has no interest in working in the kitchen. None. I can tell you not, but he was the party animal out there at that time. Mm-hmm. And he loves to. He loves tacos. So, I mean, he right. certainly has, you know, knowledge on the whole taco scene, but he doesn't actually work in the kitchen itself. It's right. not his forte. 
And when you were on that trip, did um, did those kind of like stands and the places that Junior took you, did they kind of embrace you or were you just kind of observing as a customer? Oh, uh, absolutely. Look, I didn't walk to a taco truck and tell them what I right. was in New York. <laughs> yeah. But right. we certainly did. You know, look, I mean, we would order, we would talk a little bit, we kind of picked their brain a bit if we could also, yeah. which was great. Um, I think the greatest part was we went to K-Town and we actually had a Korean family who's been there for 30 years wow. known for making these wow. Korean tacos. That's where I focused my energy for about three weeks with this particular family. And, and we really learned the background of even then when they immigrated to L.A. And, and how and why. Actually, a great story. The Dirty Taco name actually came from our conversations in L.A. Hmm. You know, when, 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 when the Korean families emigrated to L.A., um, obviously they moved to the ghettos. I mean, certainly there was no really no money there. Yeah. Right. Um, but what was available to them on a regular basis, like, you know, look, Italians, we pasta every day if we could in our household. <laughs> right. The Koreans are Korean short rib in the household. That's, that's right. the go-to. And amazing, they always had available to them tortillas from the Mexican community that they assimilated with. Right. So in those days, early on, late 80s, very early 90s, they would actually refer in their community, in their world, yeah to dirty tacos because they had the tacos which were the, the tortillas which were cost nothing they were always plentifully available yeah and mom and grandma would make the korean short ribs wow. that was what they called their dirty taco huh. that's where it originally came from obviously the name has like a triple entendre <laughs> right, right. Long, which was awesome <laughs> yeah. for us but originally it's really and that's what this whole concept of dirty taco really started very organically it really did that's awesome. That's really cool, Torn. It's cool you guys got a little like history lesson too when you went down we there. We did. We did. It was so many history. people probably just opened a restaurant because they felt like it. You guys went there, yeah. did the research, and that's exactly it. Now all our listeners have a little history of tacos in California. So that, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, the food's great, obviously, and the, you know there's a million taco places, and they're all good. Obviously, you guys are the best. You won the taco thing here at Mulcahy's. The Korean short rib. That's the number Korean one seller. That's our number one. That's awesome. But I think you guys have created like a brand like and a promotion behind it better than most restaurants, mm-hmm. even big restaurants. You're like little two not little places, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, Your absolutely. brand is huge on Long Island now. Like what background do you have in branding and promotion? Do you think? Well, yeah. What background do you have in that? Because obviously mm-hmm. there's something yeah, there. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it, look, it's a good question. I mean, my my original where I started from originally was um, was was the nightclub business. So back in the 80s, again, um, I was, you know, running, managing, promoting nightclubs for years. Um, always had a knack for what the next hot trend is going to be. My finger's always on the pulse. Yeah. It always has been. I hope it still is to some degree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looks Judy's like it. Sorry, was this on Judy's picked that up already, brother. Right. So it's okay. Was this on Long Island or in the city? Yeah, or no, it was Long Island. Ones? It was in Westchester, yeah. quite a bit in Westchester okay. also. So, um, Which clubs? Uh, well, we, of course, Long Island here, um, my... my biggest career in Long Island was Metro 700. Okay. You know, Ocean Club Tuesdays, one of my favorite nights ever, and yeah. Dolo Seven Thursdays, which, which is incredible. So um, so that was the big one. I was for a good seven-year run you know, wow. there. But I was at the Zachary's, and I opened up the Bridgeview, <coughs> whatever it was called at that time as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I, I, I've, I've been dabbling in so many of the Long Island nightclubs over the years. I also um, ran several nightclubs up in Westchester County as well. And um, look, actually, I'll be honest with you, my, my story started when I was 17. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was... Uh, I owned a pizzeria restaurant at 17. I was the youngest entrepreneur in New York City. Wow, where was that? Yeah, it was in Rosedale, Queens. What was it called? It's called LaBarry. 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 And I still have pictures of myself with my old rat tail of those days. No, right. And my funhouse jacket for the <laughs> wow. clubs, you know. And but were you doing it all then? Or did you have, 
were you kind of managing, owning, oh, cooking? Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, I, I was a pizza maker at the pizzeria at right, 17 years it, old. Yeah. And uh, this, you know, the young, uh, young owner at that time uh, decides just to basically bolt one day, left the husband, <laughs> left me the pizzeria. I'm sitting there with the pizzeria. Wow. And she was like, you know, you want to buy it? I'm like, yeah, dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But, but, but I, honestly, it, it, was, it was the beginning of a career in hospitality that, that, that has just been unbelievable for me. You know, I was at that time the youngest entrepreneur in New York. Yeah, that's wow. something. So um, I was I was on you know quite a few you know talk shows and, right. and, and there was quite a few. It was actually a book um, called The American Teenager Gets a Slice of the Pie. Wow, and that's that awesome. Was, uh, it was uh, across the UK and they did a lot of um, you know interesting meet and greets in the UK and whatnot about this young American teenager that yeah. has a pizzeria. The narrative and is that's kind of where it started from, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, and it's just you know, I just parlayed that into so many other things over the years and most recently a caterer. So yeah, so it's in my blood. All of the promoting and, the, and 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 now of course the internet and of course social media is huge for us as well, but again it's 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 always finding what the next next thing is going to be right. before it is what it's going to be you know and that's where that's where you get successful I think that's where the success comes from it's it's anticipating and keeping that finger on that pulse as much as possible to be honest with you. How long did the pizzeria venture last? Oh God, that was for years. That, that really. Was, uh, again, it, it parlayed me into what I have right now. I mean, you know, I was able to sell the pizzeria at a young age and move on to another restaurant upstate in the ski center. And it was a, it was almost like, um, you know, live music we had. Yeah. We had uh, Italian restaurant on the other side, and we flip it to a, you know, all the Long Island bands would come up there in that time. They come skiing. The bands would play for the weekends for us. So we brought the whole Long Island crowd wow. upstate New York, and it just it's just been continuing developing over the years. Where do you? Uh, what do you say? It was Hunter Mound in that range? No, it's Bel Air <coughs> Ski Center, Platteville Ski Center. It was uh, 45 miles west of Kingston. Nice. Is the area there. And as a young entrepreneur, what, what were the big lessons that you took from that first, you know, that first joint? Oh, my God, so many lessons. Um, it, it just, it was honing my people skills, number right. one, is, is what it really was. Understanding what consistency meant. Right. Um, you know, that pizza, whether it's a pizza, whether it's a taco, it's got to be consistent every single time. And, um, you know, working a crowd, again, understanding what the what, what, what the public is all about, how finicky they are yeah. as right. well. Um, Stay away from the booze. Listen, <laughs> don't mix it. That's it. You know what? I mean, we're super successful, but you know, there's there's a bar crowd, there's a restaurant crowd. Let's just kind of keep that separate. You know, that's how it kind of works. Yeah, and when did you kind of decide which one to lean towards? Because obviously, in the big, so you kind of like lean towards the bar and then yeah. fell in love with the restaurant crowd, or was you it you just kind of like a restaurant to begin with? Right. Um, again, because I imagine ran so many nightclubs, promoted so many nightclubs over the years. It was enjoyable, but I think there's a shelf life for anyone in this business that really, you know, when you're in that nightclub business at that time. And also, again, watching the trends and seeing what's ha the changes were going on, I knew yeah. there wasn't going to be a long shelf life for nightclubs. Once I hit that early 90s period there, things were changing. Yeah. Right. The style design was changing of the nightclubs. The style was changing of the nightclubs. And it, it was a big change going on. So I thought quickly, you know, what do I still love? The creativity of it. It's getting a little bit older. They want to be there until four or five in the morning. Yeah. These kids yeah. going crazy all the time. You know, so I figured, you know, what I saw in the nightclubs was the Saturday and Sunday afternoon bar and bar mitzvahs for a while, right. where they would do the um, kosher style bar mitzvah in the afternoons, and it was a, it was a great, a great uh, area that you could tap into that was interesting still. So I just kind of realized nightclubs for my in, in, in for my generation were on the way out a little bit at that point. I knew I had, you know, I had a family at that time. It wasn't really a family life for me at that point. Right. So I felt, let me just swing more towards the catering end of it. I could still use my creativity, yeah. which I needed to have, my people skills. And I built a luxury brand at that right. point as well. So it was a very different level that we went to. And it was just uh, incredible. It was, it was a long run in the catering business as well. 
And for us, like uh, for our generation, like what, because I'm just so interested in this, like what was that shift? Like from that kind of 90s nightclub, like what was the big kind of like change in the industry? Um, well, where did it shift well to it and shift, where do you think it is it, now? It shifted with, the, with obviously with the, with the drinking age. When I don't forget, when I was younger, I was able to drink at 18, then it went right. to 19, then yeah. it went to 21. 21 was rough enough in the beginning there also, but doable, not a problem mm. at all. The drinking laws obviously became very, very yeah. difficult for us as well. Um, and then it was just, just the whole music scene changed completely. And, and, and just the clubs had their time. It was yeah. just, it was a great run. It was a long <coughs> run. It had its time. It was time for a change. And it started going into more of the, um, of almost like the rock and roll clubs came back again. Right. Yeah. So it changes into more saloon type of oh, a big cycle, and, right? and buildings now would change. It wasn't that high tech deal anymore. Different vibe completely. And this wasn't, it also wasn't my scene at that point. You right. know? I mean, I was a, I was a nightclub guy. Got so yeah. it was a little different. I'm seeing that. that here too. Like the music, like the, like we like we were club too, and then we switched to live music, and now live music seems so like mm-hmm. overused. Like every place does it. I think uh, there's, it's going to shift back to like DJ. I think yeah. it's coming uh-huh. soon. It yeah. always comes back. Yeah. Around, yeah. Right, Look, you have all those big DJs, and yeah. you are back again. It's true. I mean, yeah. the nightclubs all about the DJs that time. We'd never have a, a band, let's say, at yeah. the Metro 700 night, but then you saw now that all these bands came back again. Mm. Now the DJs are back again. All these great worldwide DJs are coming back in, which is awesome as well. Right. right. It's a it's a vicious circle. Yeah. It just continues. It's a, it's a it's a great circle. You know, but like you said, you gotta hop in and out. You can't be like, yeah, no, we do this. You know, you'll be out of business. <laughs> it's so funny we said about catering too. Like you do the nightclubs. Yeah, it's fun. It's late. There's girls and guys. Everyone's having fun. But like, it's a little dangerous as the owner and stuff. Uh-huh. And then the catering, it's great. It's like grandma comes in. They yeah. get their chicken parm. It yeah. it seems like a but nicer kind of respect- it's, yeah. it's more respectable to some degree. Uh, look. The nightclubs were an incredible time in my life. Yeah. But, you know, look, I ran through a good 12, 15 years of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I had my run. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm never one to be stagnant. I got, I need to keep moving along as well. Mm-hmm. It was a perfect time for my transition from that crazy world, which I love, yeah. to a little bit more of a still crazy world. Look, I'm planning brides. I'm planning weddings for brides and I'm planning bar mitzvahs for kids now. So I, I still have that creativity point that I could use as well, you know. And, and actually, it's a, it's a natural progression. Here I am now. Moving from the catering, I'm moving into now the dirty taco world, which is continuing to grow for us, which of is course. incredible. Um, what would you say is the hardest part about running a bar or restaurant now, or uh, dirty it, taco? It, it, it's what I tell Tom Jr. all the time. Tom Jr. is getting married. And congrats. Uh, congrats. congrats Tom. Well, it's been delayed because of the situation. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Still congrats. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But I tell him all the time, I say, you know, it's when you're in this business, it's not for you. Yeah. Your weekends are not yours. <laughs> your holidays are not yours. Right. Your holidays are Monday. Mm-hmm. Your days off are on Monday. And no one else went to party with you on a Monday. Restaurants closed. Right. You, know, <laughs> you want to sleep, relax. But 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 you're 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 a public servant to some degree. You really are. Yeah. That's what we do. That's the hardest part of this business. And if you get past that and you reap the benefits on the other side. So you're gonna give up certain things, but you reap the benefits on the other side as well. And if you're doing this for a natural love of the hospitality world that you're in. It's just a home run. It, it's heaven. And for 100%. me, it is. And my family, it is. For my kid, it is. But that's really what it's about. That's what you're giving up. Family, time. It's not yeah. your time anymore. Well, Who's going to be uh, catering Tom Jr.'s wedding? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some crazy ideas for that one. Really? <laughs> Are you the wedding planner? You're going to be in absolutely. charge of the wedding? Nice. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's not family time, but here at Mulcahy's and with you guys, at least you're working together. Yeah, so absolutely. if you're working Christmas Eve, at least you're all together. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. It's funny you said that too, because my dad says like, you you can't be out drinking, like you can't be with the crowd, because like those are the guys that don't last long, and 
You, you know the stories, the drunken bar owners. Every week, that's why I tell them all the time the same thing. <laughs> Slide my back. No, no, you're allowed to curse here. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're a bar podcast. <laughs> we were supposed to bring <laughs> drinks too, but we were a little under the gun and everything. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, you kind of spoke about it, but what do you think is the most rewarding like part about being a bar owner or the most rewarding experience you, you, yeah, you've no, had? Honestly, most rewarding, first of all, is just being able to work with my family. I mean, my kid and my wife, I mean, we're just such a great family unit. It's incredible for all of us to be in the business. So it's rewarding to be able to work with my family, work with my wife, my son, which I love. But I, I, I think it's just, you know, just like with the wedding. To me, the bride leaves at night with mom and dad after the wedding's over and you get that hug and you get that usual comment that you expect to get, which is, oh my God, thank you so much. It was, it was, it was the wedding of my dreams. You know, and, and that means so much. And I feel the same way about, about Dirty Taco. You know, people come to us, they say, we drove all the way in from Staten Island because we heard about you guys, we're so excited. And it's just, wow, it's like, you know what? We have something working here. They actually drove that far for, for our $5 taco. It means a lot. Yeah. And when they leave and, and they, they come and they search out the owner again, and ask for Tom Jr., and they're telling him how fabulous everything was and, and, and how we treated these people and how we made them feel so comfortable and it was so worth the drive. Or they waited for two hours online and they tell us it was so worth the wait. We can't believe it. You know, when the reviews come back and there's so, such great reviews, that's what makes it all worth it. At the end of the day, you work so hard, but when you know you're left with those kind of accolades at the end of the day, and you go mm-hmm. home and you'd be like, you know what, I'm beat, but <laughs> it was such a great night, and it, and, and it just feels so good, it really does. It just, it makes me, it still makes me tick after all these years, and I can tell you that Tom Jr.'s on cloud nine when he hears those kind of comments. Nice, really that's awesome. Is, you know? And with it being a, a family business, you know, as, as Moses as well, um, just talk a little bit about like the the hiring process for you guys like you mentioned about you taking your chef to LA have you had a couple of people who have been kind of with you for a long time how is it like bringing new people into a culture that means so much to you yeah, you know yeah it, it is very difficult um it, it, if I didn't I don't think I even been in this business if it wasn't for Junior and my wife obviously doing the business with us right. um so, so that's the first thing but it, it it's it's difficult with staffing as, as you know yeah. I mean it's just so difficult to find the right person um, that has that same innate sense of the business and right. that really loves it as much as you do. Um, look, if you look at what we do, I mean, all of us as ownership and managers, we're trying to funnel our entire concept that we work so hard for and with. We're trying to funnel it down through a minimum wage worker. Right, and, and they're the, your front of house. Yes, yeah. that's the person between right. us and our guest. So you have to treat them as, as good as you can possibly treat them. We try to pay them more. We try to give a great work environment, um, and, and we want to bring them into the fold. And we tell them all when they when they, when they come work for us, we're successful for a couple of reasons. And the first reason is we're a family that runs this as a family. We meet and greet every person that walks in our restaurant, and we make them feel as if they're part of our party. We're creating a we, we open up those doors. We're on stage. Yeah, yeah. Music goes on. Lights go on. We're on. T-shirts are on. We're on stage, right. and you have to be able to believe in that, understand it, and if you don't. You're just not part not of our team. Yeah. It's a very simple concept. You must believe in who we are and what our product is. And if they right. don't believe in it, it doesn't work. If they believe in it, home run. They'll make a fortune and they'll enjoy their job. Do most people buy in? Have you had a pretty good Most experience people that? buy yeah. in. And the thing is, they don't leave, which is awesome. Right. Once yeah. they're in that door and they see it, look, I mean, at the end of the day, these young guys and girls are going to college. They need to make X amount of dollars to support mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. I get it. But so they're seeing the return for themselves financially. And to be in an environment that's so much fun, it's electric. It's just we're, we're just popping, yeah. and, and it's yeah. a great scene to be involved in, and they love it. So yeah, so we're able to retain 
Once it's we get huge. the staff, we can retain that staff. We really can. Getting it is difficult, very right. difficult right now, especially with the unemployment, right. where they're giving the extra couple of bucks. I mean, some of these young kids that, you know, they just say to you, look, I can sit home, make 900 bucks. Yeah, they don't want to come back. You know, Pretty soon, though. I work for 1000 I have been there, and like you said, you guys did create such a great vibe. And I I really think, like that, with the branding and the food, is really what made it so successful. And it's funny, I think I was there once. I'm like, this would be a great place to bartend or something. (laughs) Like you said, you create a fun vibe, like the tequila's flying. You're ready, the job is yours. You got the summons. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. I'll get yelled at here. Actually, one club I did not run over the years was Mulcahy. So, I mean, you know, we could always flip a little bit, but I flip it one night. I'm I'm down. I'm down for that, yeah. Ruby gets paid in tacos. You'll do it, right? There you go. I'll do it too, you know. <laughs> yeah, wait. Every You've run every club. Maybe uh, you got to do one night here. Uh, I knew it was a family business. I didn't want to tackle this one. I knew you were good. <laughs> you guys were good. I hope <laughs> we don't have a bad <laughs> reputation. You, you didn't need me here. <laughs> Are you a music guy, Tom? Um, I, I'm not a musician. Absolutely not. No, no, no. I, I do love music. Big music fan. I do love music. Absolutely. All types of music as well. Of course. We're just uh, talking to the, as Mulcahy's has come up there, We um, a lot of our guests, we've kind of had this question especially like within lockdown and stuff the big the comeback party if there was you know tom fest dirty taco fest uh would you have who would be your headliner and who would be your opening act just to give you an idea of you oh being God. such a you dead know, or alive an icon in the long island hospitality Look, industry oh you know God. you you've got to have seen some live acts that's such a hard question i would have no i'd probably bring in um probably bring in uh oh god who would i bring in I'd probably have to go back a bit in my day. Probably yeah, go some, for it. Some live cover bands I'd bring in. Yeah. But, yeah. but as far as um, musicians, my God, I, mean, I love everything. I mean, look, I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm a big Jay-Z fan. Nice. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big hip-hop fan. Um, I love my old rock and roll. I mean, I, 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 I love Elvis Presley. I'm a big Elvis fan. You know, wow. I'm That's our first Elvis. Already, yeah, covering yeah, all bases. Big Elvis guy, yeah. Love so we're going... Jay-Z with Elvis yeah, is the we'll answer. We'll <laughs> mashup. Yeah, exactly absolutely. I'm into that. Yeah, I like that. A couple more things. I know you got to go soon, and thank you for being with us so far. Um, what advice would you give someone who wants to open a place right now? <laughs> if you could give them, like, one thing. Well, right there's now, a lot. I'd, I'd say hold off right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Next if year. If I wasn't involved in the third spot, I would have held off now. <laughs> no, but if Past if, pandemic. If all times were good, and everything's, if everything was right, you know, told our place, I would just... My advice would be, if you're going into it for the money, if you're thinking to make a fortune in this business, don't, don't do it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, everyone has this grand illusion, I'm going to own my own business. That's American dream. I yeah. hope we all own our own business. That's wonderful. But research it very, very well and give it some serious thought. There are so many pitfalls in this business, and um, it's very difficult, and it's not always about the initial money. There'll be no initial money whatsoever. You have to do it for the love of the business, love of the people. Love of hospitality. If you love it, go into it as a labor of love. Don't go into it because you're looking to make a lot of money. Down the line, hope you reap all those great benefits down the line. But you have to work up to that. That's for sure. And talking of those successful spots, have you got any recommendations for other Long Island restaurants that you love? Yeah, what are some of your favorites on Mondays when you're not working? Restaurants, look, I mean, um, a friend of mine owns Salt, right? Down at Black Merrick, love Salt. I mean, I'm always in Salt. I'm there usually every Monday night. I'm a big Prime fan. Um, Listen, I mean... I go to the taco shops. I mean, yeah. I eat everything. I mean, there's really nothing I don't love to eat. I mean, I, I hit almost every restaurant there is on Long Island here. I mean, I, I, I love the new um, uh, Small Batch in, in uh, Tom Clickio's new restaurant, which I think is phenomenal. I love a lot of the big chef-driven restaurants in the city. Yeah. Um, love all those big restaurants as well. I mean, I've been to them all. I mean, um, 
11 Madison Park, unfortunately, isn't there anymore. I mean, one of my favorite restaurants in the world, and I think it's incredible. But at the same time, though, you know, look, as much as, as much as I have so much respect for those wonderful chef-driven restaurants that are all, you know, corporate-backed, right. you know, what I really love is the guy or girl that just has that special knack yeah. that could put together the right texture, the right flavor profile, doesn't have that degree behind them, but has that knack and that look. Yeah, it does food, it well. And that really does it well, right. and that really, you know, in my opinion, could be as respected, if not more, than the guy with that paper behind him. That's how right. I look at it. You know, yeah. so if I find those little hole-in-the-wall spots, I love that. I really do. And there's yeah. some great restaurants in Long Island, New York area, that, you know, we should all frequent. That, that is fabulous. Uh, one last question. If you could draw up the perfect future, maybe 20 years down the road, what does the future of Dirty Taco look like? Like, do you... what? Do you like look at it like you could franchise it to the whole country, or you don't really want to deal We're with not that? Franchise. We are not franchise our family. Um, again, Tom Jr.'s, you know, passion. Yeah. Again, it, it's he frowns upon that corporate backing. He frowns upon that franchise concept where yeah. it's going to be watered down and dumbed down to a degree because you have to be, you know, socially conscious with the right, you know, style and decor. And, and right. he's not about that. It, to him, this was about a private endeavor. He loves that hipster brand. He, it's all about him himself. It's what he's about. He's very philanthropic. He's he's about um, uh, every month he does a different different type of charity donation for a different group. Every nice. month he does something else on that. So that's kind of where he is. He doesn't want to wore this whole concept down. Does he want to do more con more uh, units and venues? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's going to be his deal for many years to come. He's, he's, he's looking to do a couple of looks. He's going to ride the wave right now. Yeah. Right. right now, tacos are it, and his concept is so on point right now. Mm -hmm. So he's going to ride the wave as long as he can. He'll put, do all the units down the line. Hopefully, mom and dad, a couple of years, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. It's all juniors at that point. Let him do his thing. Yeah, he'll just pay you to stay home, and yeah. that'd be great. no franchising. It's not all yeah. Are you going to be able to step back? Um, you think oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll always have a voice. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Jr. will tell you he'll always have something to say. <laughs> but uh, but no, it, it, look, I mean, it's it, it's all about him. I, like any any other parent, mm. you're as you're as uh, happy and satisfied and comfortable as your children right. are happy, and that's how I feel. And as long as he's happy, healthy, and successful, and being contributing to society in a good way, you know what? I'm done. I'm actually fine with that. I'm really good with that. That's awesome. Yeah, so nice family place. To that. Yeah. 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 Everyone, go check him out. And if they want, what's your catering business if they want to look it up? Catering, uh, it goes under the Culinart brand, Culinart Catering Collection. Um, and um, we're all over Long Island, New York. Actually, Culinart is owned by the largest food service company in the world, which is called Compass USA. And so go on to Compass USA, you'll see all the brands on, underneath that. And Culinart is one of those brands that we have on Long yeah. Island. Yeah. Nice. You ever tie in the tacos to that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'd be amazed how many brides say to me, you know, we yeah. want to have dirty taco at the end of our wedding, like when you leave the wedding on the outside. Yeah. You do a dirty taco truck or a stand outside, That's which awesome. is quite a bit. Oh, and I tell you one thing, I promise this will be the last one. If you're ordering at Dirty Taco, what are you ordering? What are your favorites? Oh, What's your favorites? I'm a short rib, fanat short yeah. rib fanatic. Um, and I'm a, a Thai Vietnamese shrimp. Yes, that's nice. Yeah. Oh that, See, yeah. I'm working oh like every time I go, I try and get a yeah. new three and a new yeah. three, you yeah. know. You have but to like a Thai peanut sauce if you do. Yes, do, oh, yeah. the it's cold noodles. Off the bomb. It's off the charts. And it sounds crazy. We do a Brussels sprout taco. Love that. Yeah. I like yeah. Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Is that, I mean, who would ever, you know, and, and that's where the, where, the, where the slogan of no boundaries comes to, yeah. which is what he lives by, this no boundary concept. <laughs> and it's like no boundaries in life in general to yeah. him. But no boundaries of what goes in your taco. And when we did this this Brussels sprout taco, I, I couldn't even really kind of fathom the chef was putting this thing together with Junior, and I was like, I just can't even imagine this. It's our third most popular taco right now. Wow. Absolutely incredible. So. 
Awesome. I know. I definitely. I've been there a bunch. I've been there a bunch, but we definitely have to go back and Absolutely. and try them all because yeah. I saw that one online. I really wanted to try it. So yeah. and I wouldn't share it with you the last and the time. Asian <laughs> fashion you have to try also. Which one? The Asian Tokyo fashion. Nice. I like the uh, not the, the Korean, the Thai crunch or something. Uh, thai, thai, Thai. Thai something. No, thai chicken. The chicken. Kung Pao chicken. Kung Pao chicken. chicken. That's the one. I love that one. The other chicken one that you get. So. We're digressing. <laughs> but, um, thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you again for coming. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you.